At Bryan Health, we care for patients, educate tomorrow's healthcare providers, motivate our community with fitness and health programs, and collaborate to continually improve how we serve others. That's why we are proud to present another Bryan Health podcast. Welcome to the Bryan Health Podcast. I'm Caitlin White, and today we are talking about exercise and COVID-19 with Cindy Kugler, an exercise specialist at Bryan LifePoint. All right, Cindy, everyone wants to know how to stay away from COVID-19 and prevent getting it. Does exercise help a person prevent getting COVID-19? Well, I want to kind of set the stage first, and probably in broad terms, it's essential, and your life may actually depend on it. So it can have some absolutely some direct help and assistance to that. People have increased baking and cooking and snacking. There's a new term called the COVID-15. <laughs> Studies have shown over 40% of U.S. adults have gained weight. Mm. And then you also look at the information we know now about the things that increase the severity of COVID. And that includes a lot of chronic conditions, obesity, diabetes, hypertension, pulmonary issues. And then you add that classification of those that tend to get it worse of over 65. And when you talk about that, you add the fact that as we get older, particularly over 65, our immune system becomes less effective. And that means that it is less effective in tackling infections and less responsive to vaccines and things. So kind of picking up here that these are a lot of things and trends that exercise has already been proven to help. And they've also shown that because of those things I talked about, about 51% of the population has decreased their activity with COVID staying in and those things I talked about. So it's just this spiraling effect and this whole physical inactivity, it starts to take its toll on our health within days, not weeks, not months, but within days. A couple things that happens is with exercise, we increase our blood flow that also increases adrenaline into our system. And the ripple effect of that with the immune system is it actually mobilizes more immune cells into the blood system and the bloodstream. Actually, when you look at it, it increases one bout of exercise will increase those immune cells into our bloodstream two to three times their normal amount. Um, These are things like lymphocytes, neutrophils, what we call our natural killer cells, T-cells, and basically in a nutshell, these go around patrolling our body, lymphatic system and everywhere, kind of looking for a fight, looking for places where we have infection and body damage, tumor cells, those type of things, and are there to start that process in our body of, of fighting them off. So that's one of the first things, even with a bout of exercise. Exercise also is very much linked to decreasing systemic inflammation in our body. One of the things that creates a consistent compromised immune function is increased body fat, and that impedes some of those acute responses I just talked about and some of the decreases our adaptive responses to infections. So exercise obviously has been known to help body composition and decrease the fat stores on our body. So that's really key in decreasing that systemic inflammation. Also, when we exercise, when we're contracting our muscles, it releases a protein called myokines. And that is something that is linked to interleukin, 
which is a substance that gets into our body and again decreases that inflammation and that also then helps the production of new immune cells in our bodies. So we're just layers upon layers here of what exercise can do for our body that can definitely be directly linked to to COVID and and helping prevent, maybe it doesn't outright prevent us getting it, but it's definitely going to help reduce some of those hospitalizations, severities, those type of things. And even with now the vaccine out there, which is so cool, is the fact that with influenza and other diseases that we've created vaccines for, regular cardiovascular exercise has been shown to increase the antibody titer that those vaccines create in our body. So there's no reason to suspect that that won't be equally with the COVID vaccines to enhance the response of that. And I already talked about the stress hormones. And, and with COVID, there's such high stress responses going on due to a lot of reasons. And stress hormones inhibit our immune system. And again, exercise helps mitigate stress and renormalize those hormones. So right there, I listed how many different things. So the potential to enhance the immune function, reduce the severity, shorten recovery times, all those things are definitely a relationship with exercise. Now, I know with any kind of illness, rest and recovery is so important. But someone like me, if I don't do a little yoga every day, I go crazy. So if I end up getting COVID-19, how can I incorporate exercise, if any? Well, and you're absolutely right, Caitlin. And first, of course, the severity of the COVID is, is going to be a key thing there. Mm-hmm. And definitely, you know, your physician and doctors need to be, be involved there because there's anything from, you know, those that are totally asymptomatic why they have it. Mm-hmm. And that even is a little bit linked to what I just talked about. They've actually, Mayo had done studies with 18,000 patients looking at how cardiovascular fit they were. And the more cardiovascular fit they were, the lower respiratory tract infections, lower hospitalizations and everything. So going into things, if you've done that, and I already talked about the stress aspect. So the severity of your COVID is going to make a big difference on that. But you're absolutely right. One, anything to do for stress levels, if you're actively have COVID and, you know, even if you're hospitalized, the physical therapists and everybody, they're definitely going to be there and wanting to help you move and do things as often and as frequently as you can. So that fits if you've got a very mild case, back off, do something. If you have a moderate case and you're just so worn out and tired, then you'll want to you know, get up and do a little walking every one to two hours. Sit up as much as you can, not reclining, sit up because that helps your breathing and get your, your lungs and help them keep in better health. March in place in your chair if you can't get up and move around. Use your arms to help expand your lungs. Really do some deep diaphragmatic breathing, which a lot of times yoga has taught you to do that. So that's going to be, be very, very helpful. So those shorter decreased intensity, more frequent type of things when you're in an active case, staying sedentary and not doing much is only only going to make potentially make it worse. So if I do get COVID-19 and I'm taking it easy and trying not to exercise, once I recover, how can I get back into my routine? 
Well, again, the caveat is make sure that you have been cleared by your doc, and that is more important, again, if you had a real severe case. A real severe case, you may end up you know, in a rehab facility for a while, or if you don't aren't there, you may and had some lung complications, there's always a pulmonary rehab to help you get back to things, and those are very, very key. But on the mild and moderate end, probably anywhere from two to six-ish weeks post, you should be able to ease back into things. It does help to get some professional assistance because, you know, your severity, how long post you've been, do you have any lingering issues, symptoms, or complications, I already talked about if you have other chronic conditions that you're dealing with, how long you were out with it, because then other things like in breathing exercises, balance, range of motion, you could have been down so long that that your strength and weakness went down and atrophy of your muscles. So strength training and getting back to that is even more important. So there's a lot of things to kind of be looked at that a, that a professional can really help with. Those things are your pre-COVID activity level, were you an exerciser or not? So there's so many pieces of the pie here that might come to play in actually helping helping you get back to strength and getting back to exercise. A general kind of statement I always like is start low, go slow, monitor your recovery. And that means as you're as you're starting low and going slow, if you're recovering from each exercise session, give it two or three of those sessions knowing you've recovered well before you add on. And so many people, hey, that went well today. I did 10 minutes. I'm going to do 20 tomorrow. Well, that's a 100% increase. And that was only one exercise session that you might have caught you on a good day. So make sure you're kind of looking at the long term term here. Frequency, again, same thing, back off. If you're used to going four or five times a week, only start with two to three times a week. You've got to let your body recover each time. I want you to not have it increase your exhaustion. You should be able to continually see more energy and that that doesn't continue. The strength training is important at least a couple times a week. And you know, built in with any and all of this is is some of that stress management and proper nutrition to help this go well. Now, with things starting to open up again, that's including gyms, how safe are gyms going to work out in person? And what should I look for if I'm finding a new one? Again, a little bit of a stage setting on that a little bit, mm-hmm. Caitlin, because first, when I talk about 40 plus percent of the population decreasing their activity and those that were inactive, even more inactive, one of the things that has hurt that is is the closing of gyms or the people being afraid to go to gyms because humans in general tend to be social animals and that's why gyms are helpful in keeping people regular with their their exercise and keeping the enjoyment in their exercise because they're with others helping with that camaraderie and motivation, accountability, those type of things, let alone having some of the mechanisms in order to work out. Some people need water exercise because of joint and other issues. The strength training component is much harder to do correctly and really effectively at home. And so we have the strength training, all the different levels of classes, the people to help you program yourself safe and effective. I call it push you but not hurt you type of thing. So those aspects come into play when you're when you're talking about gyms. 
And so that is important, just like in all the DHMs and everything we have going on in order to help people be safe when they're out and about. So doing the screenings, one thing gyms have always really had is high air quality turnover because that's just always been necessary when people are sweating and you're wanting them to to feel comfortable. So that's, and, and a lot of us have even upped that even more with increased filtering and exchanges, cleaning protocols. And that takes all of us. You know, the the people in gyms are definitely, and the staff are upping their cleaning, helping people make sure it's done. The participants, the members are, are being part of it and cleaning their equipment after every use, making sure the wipes and everything are abundantly around everywhere to do so. So those things are, are definitely a role for everybody to help with. The masks when you're walking around is important. And then obviously we know how important that screening is when you come in and then the capacity limits for proper spacing. So gyms that that do all of that, um, the data is showing it's very, very small chance of, of having issues. And wrapping up here, tell us about Brian LifePoint and what you've done during the pandemic to keep your members safe. Well, those same things I just talked about, LifePoint has done, and even even above and beyond those general DHMs, because we we are a medical health and wellness facility. So we have clinical services here that get people started, and then they transition over to keeping these lifestyle habits up, the exercise and everything on their own. So we have cardiac rehab here and physical therapy here and pulmonary rehab here. So those important aspects and protocols that are good for gyms, we we go even further. We close areas down every in the middle of the day and actually get the, the big spray gun out to spray everywhere. The six-foot rule out there, we exceed that and go 10-foot because when you're exercising, you're breathing a little harder. So we want to be sure that we have plenty of space for that. The spacing that I talk about with capacity limits is then even lower so that we make sure that people are safe. We make people for some of those limited areas like the pools and the classes we've restarted, you have to sign up for those classes and those spaces so that we know we're keeping those limits. When you come in each one of our spaces, you let us know where you're going to be working out in each area of LifePoint has a color-coded wristband that you wear so that we know as people are coming in, we're not exceeding those capacities. And if you come in and it's not one of the sign-up areas and there's no band left, then you you know, you know have to wait till a band is returned for us to, to make sure we're helping keep people safe. That's a really good process. I've never heard of that before. <laughs> yep, we've thought very diligently about it because we do. We, we know our members, be, because of being that medical wellness facility, can have some higher risk, and we, we take that to heart for them. And that wraps up this episode of Brian Health Podcast. Head on over to our website at brianhealth.org for more information and to get connected with one of our providers. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all of the other Brian Health Podcasts. I'm Caitlin White. Stay well.